Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of At the Movies with Cash and Hightower. Hey crew, it's Cash. And this is Hightower. How you doing, Cash? I'm doing not one, but two thumbs up, my friend. How are you? I cannot complain. We are here for a special episode. It's a big one. Number 40. The Big 4-0. The Big 4-0. Never thought we'd get here. And uh, just like I'm going to celebrate my Big 4-0 this year uh, by doing something special, we also have done something special. It's a big one. We've talked about this one, I think, a few times. It hadn't been a serious consideration, but Escape from New York. John Carpenter. John Carpenter, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Classic. Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> Ernest Bergnine. So many great people. In Adrian Bobo. Tom Atkins. Yeah. Tom Atkins. <laughs> Charles Cyphers. Charles Cyphers. <laughs> Any guy who's ever worked with John Carpenter shows up in this movie. I yes, feel like they're exactly. Like, they're like all. Kurt Russell's first wife, Season Hubley. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah. Before we actually get into the movie, though. We have a little bit of. Uh, sidebar to have here don't we that's right you seen any good movies lately hey man you know there's the other day i was like you know what got this text from this guy he's like hey what do you think about seeing this scream movie seeing what it's all about you've been hearing about these scream movies <laughs> stab movies <laughs> yeah we went and saw scream sunday night what was it yeah, yeah i it believe was sunday so night. As a matter of fact it was <laughs> i believe it was yeah you you showed up and the bills had just taken the lead with two minutes to go and i, I, know, was, that was, and I was like oh gosh chiefs are done and then we went to the movie theater and i got like 17 text messages and it was insane she, apparently she apparently chiefs won yes i heard i did hear that that's <laughs> and, the word on overtime. the street a few days later in overtime <laughs> but yeah saw scream in the movie theater again which is always it's always fun to see stuff in movie theaters again. It's nice to have that option. A hundred percent agree. I, I miss that. I do not miss the fact that I forget when you see a two-hour-long movie that you have you don't have the option to hit pause and go up and go to the bathroom. But yes, that's. I don't even care. I just literally I just, the only downfall. I left the theater and uh, I was like, man, I hope no one gets killed while I'm out. But yeah, obviously, I don't think I missed anything. So what'd you think? Uh, you know what? I'm a. I consider myself a Scream fan. I'm not like a huge like diehard fan, but you know enough to go see it in theaters. I feel like I've seen. I feel like I've seen them all in theaters except for maybe the fourth one. I definitely I rented that one, but or Netflixed it back in the day. But it was like ten years ago too. It was weird. Like they waited a long time for this requel, as they tell us. In the oh, film. Yeah, that's right. But I, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, but um. I'm not necessarily sure we needed it, but I feel like they did a good job with uh, respecting their elder scream, the first scream. I was gonna, so I've only seen the first one all the way through. Oh, I've seen really? bits and pieces of the other ones. Like I've never, I've just never sat down and watched all the other ones. So you didn't even know Randy died. So I, I have seen like I've seen those kill counts on all those movies. So like ah, I, I know the okay. plot rundown. So you know the well. death. Okay. Um. So I, I mean, I had knew, I've known most of that stuff. Um, I gotta say, like the first like hour of that movie, I was hooked. I was like, man, this is really good. Like they, they're really doing a good job. But I, I remember why like I wasn't huge into the scream movies. Is like the always the the endings, no matter what it was, I was always just yeah. like, th- there's always that little bit of a letdown. I think with me, and not everybody, obviously, but yeah. overall, I, I'm like you. Like it was fun. It was a good. Good time killer. They did an excellent job of paying homage to the first one, I think, and just yeah. just a fun movie. Yep. I, I'm glad we saw it. Absolutely. That's all I'll say. I really like Jack Quaid, by the way. I'm digging him. 
Huey from the boys. Is Huey that... from the boys. That's right. Dennis Quaid's son. Oh yeah, that's I sent you that picture. I forgot. We have that's right. A relative. Yeah. Your <laughs> your so Cash's cousin was the stunt person for by Jack... marriage. Oh, by marriage. Yes, still counts. So this is the Undertaker's sister's husband. Oh wow. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Well, it still counts. It does. Your cousin by marriage. Your cousin-in-law. Yes. Cousin-in-law. I'm fairly confident. Like there's a scene at the end when. He was like tumbling down the stairs. I'm pretty sure, like, like okay, that looked like. Yeah, it's got to be him. So, so yeah. Right I mean, on. if that pans out, and obviously his career takes off, we'll just use that for our benefit. That's right, coattails, baby. <laughs> Call the Undertaker. That's right. <laughs> but enough chit chat about scream movies. Chit chat. Let's, get, uh, let's yeah. get meat and potatoes here. Let's jump right in. Uh, Escape from New York, 1981. We already talked about John Carpenter, Kurt Russell connection, all those other people we named. I don't think we named Chef Isaac Hayes. We did not. And Donald Pleasance. We should probably call out those guys. And Harry Dean Stanton. That's I true. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mention him either, but an incredible all-star cast, I would call it. I don't know if all these guys were huge at the time necessarily, but they all ended up being like just fantastic. This is just like, man, when I watched this, I was like, gosh, I forgot all these people were even in it. There's so many, yeah. Especially like Atkins, like he has such a small role, but and for a low budget movie too. Yeah, it's cool that he's in it. Yeah, and then uh, even like Jamie Lee Curtis is like the narrator. Mm-hmm. I mean, just well done. This whole thing, yeah. So what's uh, what's your background with this? Uh, as much as I like this movie, I'll just put it out there right from the beginning. So <laughs> just no suspense at the That's end. Okay. But I just I've watched this for the first time. Like like I saw it with you for the first time. Not that long ago. It was oh, really? Like, okay. We watched it at my old house. You know, a few years, a few years back. Yeah. Uh, it's probably longer than that now. But um, I actually saw Escape from L.A. first, mm-hmm. like in junior high. And in my mind, I thought I had seen like the movie that everyone was talking about with Kurt Russell, and I was like, ah, the movie's not that cool. Like, <laughs> I mean, the character's cool, but the movie's super weird. And then, like, you know, years later, I was like, oh yeah, I watched the wrong one. And I was like, ah, I don't really want to go back to it. And then once I Started like, you know, realizing how much I liked Carpenter and Kurt and those guys. I was like, man, I need to, I need to watch this. And I just never did for like the longest time. But, but yeah, probably it's probably like, I don't know, 2016, 17. I don't even remember when we watched oh, wow. it. Yes, that wouldn't. Yep. I feel like it was within the last like four or five years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I, um, my background, I. This was one that I never watched growing up. Like, I actually saw... I, I, obviously, Big Trouble, I think, was, like, the first John Carpenter-Kurt movie I saw together. And then the next one was The Thing. And then I kept seeing, like, oh, there's another one, this Escape from New York, because I knew that one came first. And I was like, man, I just... I don't know how I feel about it. So I went out of my way. I actually rented it and made, like, a bunch of people that had no interest in watching this movie <laughs> in high school watch it with me. Nice. And I watched it, and I didn't know what to expect, but I watched it, and I was like, that was not what I expected. Like, it was good, but it's not what I expected. Yeah, it's a totally different feel than any of his other movies. Yeah, and it's like it's different. It's, the, the, the collaboration between the two of them, too. Like, Big Trouble's more comedic, I would say, probably, than anything else. There's obviously a ton of stuff, and then The Thing is just a straight horror movie. Yeah. And then this one's like escape adventure sci-fi horror. kind of horror a little bit yeah so the more i'm like I, I watched it in high school and i was like man i just don't know how i feel about this and then i went back and watched it again in college i was like okay this 
Like it, it's a pretty good movie. Like maybe it's not my favorite one, and I've the more I watch it, the more I've grown to appreciate it. But it's kind of like the thing for me. I, I do have to be in the mood to watch it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, right at the get go, let me just call out the Escape from New York theme. Yes. The score, like the the main title theme, is probably like one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's just like it's all there's. I mean, there's no words. It's all just you know music it's, it doesn't need words sometimes words screw up the music i just man it's like a just a lame synth pop like but dude i don't know what it is but that song just gets me jacked I, up every time it gets me fired up too i same thing it's like man it's just <clears throat> the whole thing too like his every movie that like john carpenter present or john carpenter's whatever yeah the the font and title stuff is like always the same mm-hmm. the music always feels very similar just soon as it starts up you're like man i'm just i'm glad i'm to be watching a john carpenter it's, movie it's just so well presented it is i uh just just a tip for you people yes. out there the uh john carpenter and like his son and like a couple other people did like kind of like an update to the escape from new york theme and like oh my gosh like i just pop that on youtube like i used to like whenever i'd leave the building you know pre-covid days mm-hmm. i'd have that playing in my headphones as i was leaving the building they did a there's like a new seat or I say new it's probably like 10 years or so old by at this point but there's a newer version of the pork chop express theme too oh yeah i've heard that as well i'm a big fan of that too yep. and i don't normally like updated versions of songs that i'm a fan of i'm just like i'm going to need i'm going to need this to be whatever it is that it was when i originally <laughs> saw it but right. i'm a fan yeah, it's hard to go. Like once you get that in your head, it's hard to go back and hear the original. Seems That's like. his thing now, though. Like he does. He's at least before COVID. Like he, like you said, he and his son and those people. Like they were going on tours and doing concerts and stuff too. Oh yeah, that, I know. We we debated if we were, if we were going to go or not. That would have been up in Chicago. I'm a little bit bummed out, but at the same time, it just obviously wouldn't have worked out. But yeah, it's it wasn't to be. I'm glad you pointed that out though, because the, uh, the theme thing. I want you to keep that in mind for later on this evening. Is that one of your questions? Oh, I've, I've got I've got something up my sleeves for you here. We might have similar questions. Um, okay, so after the amazing <clears throat> opening credits and theme song, we get the uh, title crawl that you know, starting in 1988. Hell of a year, by the way. Just a hell of a year. That's right. 1988. It, um, it was a good year. Crime rate rises 400%, and Jamie tells us that Manhattan <laughs> Island has been contained with a 50-foot wall around to keep mm. all the prisoners in. Mm-hmm. No guards, no nothing else, just the prisoners wor- in the environment they create for That's themselves. That's right. I love that line. Yeah, the world that they make or something. That's an interesting idea. It is interesting. It's one that I've often debated. Like, is that the way to do it? It's like very dystopian. This movie presents a lot of philosophical debates, you know, <laughs> that's what, that, and that's what we're going to do here tonight. It wasn't it weird to see on that opening shot when she's going through all the rules and stuff, like to see the twin towers, like in the skyline. Every single time that the twin towers are referenced or they go to the twin towers, I have nothing but a sad face in my notes. There's a scene too later where we'll t- touch on it, but yeah. it's. I remember when we first watched it, I was like, "Holy cow!" Yep. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um. So then we jump to present day, 1997. 97. And we see uh, two dudes trying to paddle across the uh, the water there, and they get zapped by that helicopter. Well, it's weird because they're like, stop. You know, like, and it seemed like they were going back. It felt like they were. They didn't get much of an opportunity no, to turn around. No, it, it looked like they had changed course and were going to head back, and then kaboom. This is like, I remember we talked about in the Truman Show episode, like, this totally reminded me of the Truman Show part yeah, a little bit. It's like, definitely. Just a darker version of it. <laughs> 
and I don't know about you, like watching it back this time, the background effects sometimes, like I think they see the skyline and things, mm-hmm. like it 100% reminded me of the Terminator effects when they do the, oh, yeah. like the future scenes. Yeah. I'm sure it's like a rear projection or whatever that they, they do, but. James Cameron worked, what did he work on with John Carpenter? Like he got, I, I feel like remember. he was in, I think he did something for a Carpenter movie. It could like, it could be like the same type of people working together and just kind of. It would make sense. Yeah, maybe he like used. I mean, it was did Dean Cundey do the Terminator stuff with James Cameron? I can't remember. That but. sounds right, but I'm not willing to commit one way. Yeah, or the other. I can't. I feel like Cameron, a young Cameron, was involved with maybe the thing. Even gosh, I don't know. We'll look it up later. Yeah. Every, every wife, look it up and tell me. <laughs> tell me if I'm right or not. Cards on the table. Before we started, there was a little bit of a scuffle between Hightower and, and my wife. Yeah, I'm still right about it. I. To be clear, dear, I did talk to him about it, and I do not know anything about this, so I plead the fifth. You should watch it, and then you can weigh I'm in not, on it. I told her this just confirms that I'm going to continue to not watch it. The uh, So, yeah, the, sh- the the wreckage from the ship came ashore, and that's how Tarzan, that's how they built the, whatever, they built the house and stuff from the wreckage. And I haven't seen Tarzan in years, and yeah. never seen the Frozen movie, so. Elsa wasn't at full power, so she didn't <laughs> she didn't know what happened. She hadn't unlocked. That's right. She hadn't become Shai Halud yet. That's correct. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then we go back to the army base that's just outside. And this is where we get a brief introduction to Mr. Pliskin coming off the bus. Well, you should mention that the arm, the base, the prison base, whatever, is at the Statue of Liberty. It is at the Statue which of is Liberty. Which is kind of super cool. It is. If you're going to have an army base, that's, yeah. that's where I'd want to be stationed. I think it's awesome. It's a perfect place for Just it. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, yeah, the, the prison island of Manhattan. Yeah, well, and everybody knows that the Statue of Liberty is in New Jersey. <laughs> no, I know it's not New Jersey, but when someone listens to this, they're going to hit me for it. So <laughs> Is that Mrs. Cash? Yes. Okay. Someone was a little sleep-deprived and was convinced that the Statue of Liberty was in New Jersey. Hey, they're pretty, they're very close. <laughs> she was thinking of the New York Giants football stadium. Could be that could be. It. Yeah, they technically play in New Jersey. To be fair, it was her. I bet my two testicles moment. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, one of those ones that it comes back to bite you every time. It's <laughs> so, great. Sorry, dear. Um, then we get the arrival of Hulk. 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 So hold on, wait. There's the the moment you talked about. Snake shows up, gets off the bus, shows up. He's like walking through the prison. Yes. And then like he rolls up, and someone and you hear a voice say, "Hold it." But then it cuts back to Hawk and Tom Atkins mm-hmm. like talking. It's like I was like, did they like just mess? It's a little disjointed. Yeah, because it sounds like Hawk is telling him to hold it, and then he's going to talk to him. But then he's clearly with Tom Atkins. So I was like. Did they mess with the editing of this film? They did. There's a couple of like blackout dissolves in this movie that I don't know. It, it not didn't really affect it too much for me. But there's I was like, what? what, what? That was That's a weird. That was strange. Yeah, I, yeah, it was weird. It was almost like it reminded me of the thing. Like whenever uh, that first guy, or, um, who the hell's the first one that gets assimilated supposedly? That like you see in the shadow. Is it Fawkes or something or? What was that guy's name? Um, Fuchs. I can't remember. Oh, the now. shadow guy. No, it's the. It's not Windows. It's the other guy though. It's the guy with like he's got like curly dark yeah. hair. Yeah, I know what you're talking about the yeah. one that when they tie up, he like. Yeah. At the guy. end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, everybody knows what we're talking about. That's fine. Yeah. If you've <laughs> seen the thing, you guys got it. 
It just, it just reminded me of that too, like the weird kind of jump cut. But then, yeah, Hulk, Hulk arrives, and then Remy, which I didn't realize that was his name. That's Tom Atkins' character. <clears throat> what a sweet name. It is. Remy. I like Hulk and Remy. Yeah. Both are cool names. There's a lot of cool names in this movie. What was it like? Howland, or was it something Bob Hawk? I forget, like a cool nickname. Which one? Howland Mad Hawk or Bob Hawk? Hawk. Oh, I don't know. Lee Van Cleef has a nickname. Kurt Russell says it. I can't remember. Oh, I know, yeah, I can't whenever remember. they're doing like the, yeah. whenever he sits down and cries. Oh, I can't remember now. I know, I can't remember what he calls himself, but it's pretty cool. But I do have, I have a question here because they, so Remy, Tom Adkins' character is telling Hulk like, hey, this plane's going through some issues. We've got this distress call, David 4, David 14 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what is that? How do you guys at an army base not know what this code is for Air Force One? Well, I think they're specifically just the Liberty Island prison. But I mean, still. Yeah, I mean, it's an army base. Like, it's there's clearly a, a wing of the army. Like, there's a lot of yeah material. There's a lot of cars. There's a lot of firearm. Like, they should know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they have to build suspense <clears throat> though. Show yeah, off the sweet technology right. for 1997. And then their sweet reveal on the black screen with the green print. Yeah. It's Air Force One. It's Air Force One. I'll get the stomping in my Air Force One. And it's been overtaken by the soldiers of the National Liberation Front. Terrorists. To strike a blow in the oppressive imperialist president. This lady's just rambling racist on Racist police force. Yeah, ra- like, wow, racist police force. Man, that current events right there. Hey, man. You want to hit it hard, you hit it hard. Okay. And uh, I got to say... She she's doing that. They're like cutting back and forth between her talking over the radio and them at the army base. And then that dude that's like trying and I use air quotes to, to get knock into on the, the door. Yeah, he's, he's like, not trying. He's like barely tapping there. <laughs> Donald yeah. Pleasance is saying, "Did you try and shoot the doors?" Like they pressurize the cabin. Try and take it off at the hinges. <laughs> Just like they're all very calm. But yeah, that guy was, that guy was clearly like, "Hey, don't hit this thing too hard because this thing will fall over. <laughs> it's gonna break." We'll have to yeah reshoot everything. You just love tapping it. Isn't it funny? This is like 1981, and like these terrorists. It's like I mean, that's something you could taking s- over a plane. Yeah, and like when they're like you know with all their all the comments that lady says, like that could totally like you could see that happening today. Like, oh yeah, yeah, people, yeah, just yeah, a terrorist overtaking a plane and yeah. crashing it down, right. taking down the like imperialistic, so much, yeah. yeah, and like people, you know, people hate the police now and like all it's this. So yeah. yeah, that's just that just it's so funny that like it could totally be plucked from this movie and put that's, in today's world. That's one thing. Like when I watch this, it's always like there's a little bit of like that just uncomfortableness. Like man, this is. This is weird, like how much yeah, of this stuff right. is like you, still relevant today. Yeah, and then you, especially you put it with the Twin Towers in yeah. view. It's like, wow, yeah, this is crazy. There's even some stuff in Escape from L.A. too, like the smoking and no red meat and stuff like that too. That's not as much no. as like this one, but still there's stuff that's like, man, this is kind of weird that, that, <laughs> yeah, that weird. some of this rings true. But yeah, like we said, so uh, we cut back and we, I guess we don't get the official notification until he gets into his red escape pod that that pod is sweet and they actually don't give him a name i, I, I looked at the credits his name is just president, just president apparently. interesting so i refer to him as president pleasance president british president pleasance That's right it's 1997 they figured at some point a foreigner is going to get in you know we need to get schwarzenegger in i don't know if he's got the steam for it anymore well he's had a really bad car accident i saw yeah I he's yeah i need to look into that hopefully he's okay I feel like at this point, you're not necessarily... I mean, he's still an American citizen, but The Rock is obviously going to be... 
I mean, if he wants to. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's just if, you know what? If he wants to run the country, that's fine. Don't ruin Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> like, I don't care. That's right. I'll vote for him only if he's going that's to remake. That's right. <laughs> so it'll Executive order, first bill in Congress, <laughs> no Big Trouble remake. Done. Donezo. So, yeah, Donald Pleasance gets into his little red pod, and they just kind of launch him out, apparently, mm-hmm. which I thought this was kind of strange. I... I, for some reason, I'm like, oh, I always thought like there's some kind of parachute or something. Like to me, like when he gets in, it's almost like, okay, hopefully this padding braces your fall. Good luck. Right. <laughs> a, little, a little rough on reentry. Have fun. <laughs> so they send him out, and then Hauk is like, all right, I'm gonna go in and check on stuff. And I didn't realize it. So he's credited as when they get in, they start looking around for the president, the dude with the, like the weird hair. His name is Romero. Rom- yeah, Romero. I was like, I don't think they say that, but at one point, like at, at the very end of the movie, Brain says it. But yep. Yeah, he does. Romero comes out and he does his thing. He's super creepy, like yes. trying to steal every scene that he's in. Man, he is, yeah, chewing on everything. He's trying. You leave or you you come close, we kill him or anything else and yeah. just not ready to talk. So how, how can his crew retreats and Romero does that stupid thing? It's like gold dust. It's a great callback too when he gets knifed. He does that. He does. That's, I didn't even think about that. What do you think about Romero other than the scene chewing? I don't like him. Yeah, me either. I just don't like. I mean, he's he's kind of fun. Like he's a, a good secondary henchman. Yeah, but like if you really think about it, like the Duke would never hire this weirdo. Like it's it's kind of out of place. I like what he's doing, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, he's he's too weird. He would be better if he was like his own thing and not right. with the Duke. Yeah, he needs to be. Yeah, exactly. He needs to be like an ally of the Duke. Like, but his own. He should have been like the leader of the crazies. You know, like the sewer. Yeah, yeah the subway the sewer people, people. Whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah, I agree. Um. <sighs> so anyway, they get back and Hulk's talking with the vice president, and he gives kind of a quick rundown. Like the president's not going to be. Wait, who's the vice president? I don't know. But he's on the phone. He say, they say it's the vice president, but they don't ever say who it is. It's not Charles Cyphers. He's got that's no. He so Charles Cyphers is billed as the Secretary of State. Oh, okay, he's he's the SOS. Okay. Yes, I was say I thought he was the vice president for. He's second, not. But you're right. He does a couple times. Charles Cyphers like I have more authority or something like that. I know there's one point where they kind of get into it, and he's yeah. like, I have the authority to do blah blah blah. General manager of the Cleveland Indians. That's as right. Well, it's true. Cyphers. Cross him off then. <laughs> um. So you get a little bit of a rundown of the situation, but then, fortunately, I guess for them, Snake Plissken is coming through the ranks, and Hawk decides he's hatched a little scheme to maybe uh, how fortuitous make uh, make Snake get in there. I love this little back and forth initially Snake between these Pliskin. two. I know it's so I love that. I, know, I love it. Yeah, there it is. SD Plissken. <laughs> this is when he calls how yeah he calls out Hawk for being Special Forces Texas Thunder. Texas Thunder. Okay. That's cool. It's a great name. That's. Well, I don't think that was his nickname. He. I mean, I think it is though. I thought he called him like Howling Mad Hulk or Bob something. Hulk. Oh, but then, are you talking about Fresno Bob at the whenever no, he's talking about that's, Brain? Yeah, that's his buddy Fresno Bob. So it's, yeah, it's. I don't know. I have to look it up, but. But yeah, I feel like the Texas Thunder was like the group he was in. Okay. A special Forces group. I mean, that's a great wrestling name. Texas Thunder. Texas Thunder. Very close. <laughs> Carrie Von Eric watched this and was there like, you go. oh man, that's it. Texas, Texas tornado. tornado. Stop stealing it. I'm in. Or Vince McMahon. 
Um, so here's another question I have. So they, they're going back and forth and Hauk's like reading off to Snake, like you're coming in because of the armed robbery thing, blah, blah, blah. Have you seen the deleted scene? I have. It's a good thing they cut it. I totally agree. Like, it's not cool. It's interesting that they like thought like maybe they would do this, but I, I totally, like I 100% agree. Like you need to keep Snake's background a little bit more mysterious than this. Yeah. I just yeah, because this way you don't you literally don't know throughout the entire movie like what Snake's motivation is other than survival. Yep. Like he couldn't care less about anything else. But like when that deleted scene when I saw that I was like, okay, you're making him more rounded as a character, and that's actually not what I want with this one. Yep. I thought it was cool the first time I saw it. It's like oh cool deleted scene. I was like oh this is awesome. And then like the more I thought about it, I was like yeah they definitely made the right, right decision right call. cutting that right. So was that Fresno Bob in the opening scene? I don't think so. Okay, just separate. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in so long. I think I watched it like the first time I watched this movie. I was like, just taking it all in, trying to trying to digest everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then this is where we get to learn a little bit more. So Hawk's talking through Snake, and like, here's what we need. We need you to get the president. You got 24 hours because he's got to give the presentation. And he's running him through, like, all right, you're going to take this little glider. You're going to land on the trade towers, like we said. You know, we we mentioned it. It's a, it's a sore point. But then the twist is that there's the Hartford Summit that he has to give a presentation to, is what it's called. In 24 hours, the president – basically, the summit will be over. So then the president is basically useless is kind of what I'm gathering <laughs> for this. So they're like, okay, if – not necessarily okay if it doesn't happen, but they're like, well, I mean, if it's 24 hours, then the president's gone and whatever. Yeah. And he has to give some presentation about nuclear fusion that's possibly going to help save the world. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm assuming an energy crisis because that's always the yeah the so, main thing. Yeah. We're already in like a dystopian future somewhat with this, you know, with this prison camp. And we're assuming that the world's <laughs> not in a great spot. But yeah. like And it's America, China, and Russia. Yes. <laughs> just like always. There you go. Something. I'm telling you, man, this movie is just. Get pluck it out of eighty one and make it today. So here's here's a question I have for you. I was watching it back this time. They're talking about this this Hartford summit and the president's got to give this speech and play this tape and like this nuclear fusion. So I mean, if this genuinely can save the world, like I don't know. I feel like the president's probably justified in being like, "Hey, I got to give this presentation because I could potentially save billions of people's lives." Yeah, I think there's there's no I, there, there's certainly times when they try and make the president seem like kind of selfish and conceited, but mm-hmm. I also I feel like there's like no good person in this movie. It's like, but it's like, can the only the president be the one to deliver this message? It's like, a good question. I mean, cause the, the vice end, president could yeah, have done we it. Could, all we need is that cassette. Yeah, they get need. that cassette, and I mean, what my other thing is like, all right, the Hartford summit's over. So like, what happens if you just get on the horn with them like 20 minutes later? Be like, hey, sorry. Missed the conference. Sorry, I was kidnapped. <laughs> My finger's gone. I got a wig put on me. I had some crazy dude with spiky hair at me all the time. Yeah. Like, it's a great point. I just there's some stuff that I was like, I mean, I, I feel like they would understand, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why it had to be like right. Yeah, I don't get the timeline, like the countdown. Like, why did it have to be within a 24 hour period or? 48-hour period or whatever it was. Unless it was something like, what was that one with Reagan and Gorbachev? The They were supposed to have that one meeting, and then Reagan left all upset. I can't remember what was the name of it now, but 
Maybe it was a situation where they were just concerned if everybody left and no one would be interested and mm. tensions would rise. Perhaps. This could be it. And speaking of time frame, I rewound this three times today just to make sure. Snake, they go in, they get him all debriefed and ready to go, got all the weapons and gears and gadgets. Throwing stars included. I know, and they never he never uses them. I know. I would have loved to see that throwing he does. He does give a Jack Burton to that one guy. Yes, he does. But... Here's the thing. I rewound it because I was like, okay, I don't remember them him saying this. So they inject him. They supposedly are giving him an injection to like help with disease or whatever, which whatever that's flimsy. But <clears throat> And then the doctor turns like, all right, you're going to tell him? Yeah. And Hulk's like, all right, that little thought you had about flying over to Canada, like there's these two little capsules they're dissolving and they're going to explode if you don't get this done in 24 hours. Right. And the doctor clearly says, like I said, I rewound it. 15 minutes before the last hour is up, they can neutralize the charges. Remember that. He says 15 minutes? 15 minutes. I rewound it because I was like, wait, that can't be. I misheard that. Interesting. Yeah. Remember that. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. And I don't know about you two. I feel like this little, like, prop plane jet thing, whatever that he's flying, like, it's almost like a drone. Yeah. It, Just big enough for a person. I When I saw it this time around, I was kind of laughed. I was like, oh, I forget how small that little It, it is, is. But I, it's kind of cool. Like, I like it, but yeah. for 1981 on a low-budget movie, it's cool. What was it the Gulf Stream? I forget what they even called it. But then he's a great line. Snake, what are you doing? I'm playing with myself. <laughs> yeah, why does he keep, like, pestering him? He's trying to fly. He's trying to freaking land a plane on a roof. Let's just be honest. Hawk's a helicopter parent. I'm kidding. Snake, 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 can you hear me? Snake, <laughs> snake. snake. Yeah, seriously. Snake, you said everything was just okay. Does that? I like it too. When the back to that that doctor who gives him the injection, he's like, he's like, take off your jacket, or he's like, I'll take your jacket. He's like, I'm all right. <laughs> I don't like needles. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm also gonna say this too. One thing that's always kind of bothered me about this movie, and this is gonna be a very rare instance. I have a little bit of a, a negative towards Kurt here. Hmm. He's supposed to be doing a Clint Eastwood. Uh, he's definitely doing a Clint Eastwood. That was his. That was by design. It does not come off very well to me. Like it sounds like a high pitched Clint Eastwood, and I don't like it. Well, yeah, it's not like it. Yeah, it's... it gets better as the movie goes on, but like at first, it's just very. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not totally on board with it. Isn't it interesting? He's doing a Clint Eastwood in this movie, and then he does a John Wayne in uh, Big is. Trouble. It's so interesting. And he's doing a Clint Eastwood in a movie with Lee Van Cleef. Oh, who yeah, was in the good, right. the bad, and the ugly? Interesting. Just tie it all together. Put a little bow on it. Call me Bronco. <laughs> so anyway, Snake flies in, lands on the World Trade Center, which still bums me out. And then he activates the elevator to go down whatever to floor nineteen or whatever, and he has to walk the rest of the way. Convenient little plot point, I think. Yep. But... So he starts a search for the president and finds the plane crashed and completely destroyed. And I mean, to Snake's credit, I mean. He's like, how he's probably dead. Like, yeah. I mean, good thing that how kind of tells him like to stay in there. Basically, like you need to stay in there and keep yeah. looking. But I'm if I'm snake and my background is what his is, I'm like, this guy's toast. Like yeah, he, no he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> and he has this little pulse reader that's supposed to be able to track his uh, the president's bracelet that he put on before he ejected. So he tracks it to some. Odd little musical show, something or they're other. The, they're in the theater. I meant, forgot to look it up. It might be Pirates of Penzance, maybe. I, I I meant to look it up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. That could be way off. But at least we get to meet Cabby here. Cabby. I love Cabby. I do too. 
Ernest Borgnine. Just Cabby's loving that show also. He is. He's having a heck of a time. Ted Denslow. The billionaire? Ted Denslow. <laughs> the Denslow Cup. So here, I have a question for you again. I'm, I'm, I've got a question. I'll just sprinkle them in throughout. Everybody that Snake comes across, for the most part, I could see like, yeah, I could see why this person's in here. Why do you think Cabby's in there? That's a great question. I mean, he's kind of spineless a couple of times, but that's not a crime. Yeah, because they make it seem like this is like the worst of the worst. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm imagining there's still like regular prisons, but like this seems like the, the worst of the worst. So I don't know if he just, was he like a... Got tied up with the wrong people? Was he a taxi driver serial killer? Uh, maybe. Like, it, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he seems like, he seems... He's like the only one that you could make an argument as like a genuinely good person in this movie. I mean, yeah, but he also like sells them out like a few times. Like I feel like he does. I mean, he abandons them, but yeah. he's the closest thing to a good person right. in this movie. He definitely saves uh, Snake's hide there when the crazies are chasing yeah. him. So yeah, he definitely has some redeeming qualities. It's just I I would like watch it. I was like, I wonder what he did. But neither here nor there. He's in there, and um, he starts following Snake around and. Me and Snake are chit-chatting before Snake goes down those steps to start looking. You don't want to go down there, Snake. <laughs> a lot of history on that mountain range, <laughs> Um Yeah, and he finds uh, he finds the pulse meter from, I'm pretty Wait, sure his name is Rex in before, Back to the Future. Before he finds Rex, he finds Old Man Withers. That's right, Old they, Man Withers. They try, to, like, they try to jump him. I, how about I got punched in the nose for sticking my face in other people's <laughs> business? Sounds like a country song. Am I? Oh, so you're on uh, I went to Wedding singer. singer, yeah. I used to be much stronger. <laughs> and I would have got away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. There it is. What a weird, like, that's such a weird scene too. Because there's those, like, three guys in the background, like a prodigy video where they're just dancing. Dude. And they, like, rip that lady's oh, shirt. Oh, gosh. I wrote down, like, I wrote down, like, are they, like, t- taking advantage of her? I don't know. It seemed like she almost was, like, in on it too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's funny too though that Snake just like walks on by. He's like, yeah, I don't. I'm yeah, not. he doesn't care. <laughs> she, it reminds me. She doesn't me. seem in that 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 distressed. Have you ever seen the musicless music videos? The musicless music videos? I don't think so. It's people like making exaggerated sound effects for these music videos without any. So one of them I saw was the Firestarter, the Prodigy song, and it very much reminded me of this. Like if you ever, you can watch like. 10, 15 seconds and get the point, but I was like, God, this I'm is check just it out. so weird. But yes, back to Rex. He's like a bum in everything he he's in, like Back to the Future, like They Live, like this movie. I knew I'd be the president if I found <laughs> it. Hail to the chief. <laughs> oh my. Further proof, though, that, I mean, Snake's hunch at this point, like he's gone. President's yep. dead. Time to move on. Time to move on. He, uh, yeah, so he's he's telling Hulk what's going on, and then he, like, goes back outside, and he basically just kind of sits down. I don't know what his plan was there. He's just kind of sulking for a minute. Yeah, he was. He's just taking, yeah, a, taking a breather. He having a little pity party, violin, smallest violin, but the uh, the crazies start to come out. They get uh, they get the rat-a-tat-tat on the top of the sewer from that one guy. Yeah, is he a crazy? Like, I was trying to, like, figure out, is he, like, signaling the crazies? Or is I he, think so. Or is he, like, hey, like, get out of here. Come the crazies. I couldn't decide. Because he ends up going back down the sewers, right? I don't know. He, like, wanders off. Yeah, I thought, I, I think make it, I don't know if it's him. Because then someone comes right back out of the sewer. So, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It is very strange. And it's also weird to me, like, 
I, I remember this differently because for, for me, I'm like, they attack him and he goes in to the chock full of nuts store to get away from him. But they're like out on the street running like right next to him yeah. and don't bother him. Yeah, when he first goes in, it, he's not really harassed. No. Then they freaking. And then they, yeah, they just yeah. like snap. And they like zombie hoard the chock full of nuts and take out his Kurt's ex wife. Yeah. Season Hubley. And she's. Just randomly in there, she's like, I got caught out at night, and so I have to stay in here until morning. And then gets attracted to Snake because he has a cigarette, and they're just kind of chit-chatting. Totes. And she, then she they wants a cigarette. Pull, <laughs> then they pull her down to the depths of hell. Yeah, that's too bad. It, it's kind of interesting, this movie like leads us to believe that all these murderers and just terrible people have created their own society, like their own... Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of like serfdom like there's definitely there's like gangs and things but there's 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 order somewhat because these people can live together yeah i mean we see a lot of different gangs and like i mean just the people that are in the theater for instance they don't seem like they're all a bunch of murderers no they're they're they're, involved in the arts right and they're surviving and it's just interesting that like you know for i mean if you probably go on someone else's turf you might end up dead but yeah it seems like these people are all able to coexist somewhat. It's uh, it's all held together flimsily, apparently yeah. by the Duke. Yes, that's right, the Duke, the A number one, A number one Duke. Um, and I have to say, one of the other things that I always laugh at. So this scene, like he's running away from these crazies and mm-hmm. making the escape, going up the ladder and things like that, and then he comes through that window and he's got his gun and he shoots that like pattern through the drywall. Yeah. And then when he jumps through. So I understand what they're going for. They're like, okay, he shot through and like he weakened this so he right. could go through. But like when he jumps through, it's like basically it seems like a sheet of paper was holding this <laughs> up, and it's like when he goes through the wall. That's great. And it always makes me laugh. Like you probably could have just ran through that, yeah, but that's just, fine. Just like kick it, just kick it. It's a dramatic effect. The crazies though, this whole stuff is shot like a straight up like a horror movie. Yeah, which 100%. I which I love. It's like super intense and it feels like something out of. Uh, uh, assault on Precinct 13. Mm, yeah. Like the bad guys almost seem like zombies like when they're attacking the station and stuff. There, yeah, there's a ton of that. And this, I'm like you, so this scene is like, it's it's genuinely creepy and unsettling when they come out and then his escape, it's like yeah, very much like, oh damn, like this this seems like he like legitimately could get caught and then it pulls a quick 180 as soon as Cabby pulls up and he gets right. away. Molotov. I'm telling you, Snake, you don't go down there. <laughs> The old Molotov cocktail. And Snake's like, he's lightning, and he's like, what? what, what and he just j- casually lobs this Molotov cocktail down this alley at him, like, that's, that's right. all right. And then he, he's like, where you been, Snake? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what you been doing? And, uh, yeah, so he's Snake's trying to get some information out of Cabby and points a gun at him, and he's, where's the president? And this is where we find out the Duke the, is the in Duke, charge. The Duke's, the Duke's got him. Got him. Duke's got him. I want to meet the Duke. You don't meet the Duke. <laughs> you meet the Duke once and you're dead. That's right. Uh, here's a question for you. Yes, sir. So there's fires everywhere. We're mm-hmm. led to believe that it doesn't seem like there's electricity in this place. But maybe there is. But the streetlights are always on. Are these solar-powered streetlights in 1981? They threw out like, one line, and I remember I can't remember who said it, but at one point before they go in, someone said something about solar or gas greenhouse gas energy or something like that so there's like a throwaway line indicating that there's a possibility that they could have electricity okay because there's several situations where these people clearly have electricity yeah there's lights on and 
that museum that the brain's in and stuff. I just, yeah. I don't know. It seems like in some spots there's not, but then in others there's plenty. But it make it would make sense too. Like brain works with the Duke, so he's got that's true a little keeps, electricity. Right. Like he the Duke's some... got all the the hookups and yeah, that's true. So that would make sense. And we're actually gonna go meet Brain now. Harold, Harold Hellman, and Maggie Adrian Barbell. Maggie, uh, Mrs. John Carpenter. At the That's time. right. Not too much longer, but. So there's this. There was Swamp Thing. There was Creep Show. She was Adrian Barbell. Yeah. She's in the Fog. The Fog. What was? Uh, she was a She's character in... in the Batman animated series. Really? Yeah, I um I can't remember if it was I think it was Catwoman. Mm. She's in the Cannonball Run. <laughs> she is in the Cannonball Run. It's very true. <laughs> she won the Cannon. Don't the chicks win? I can't remember. I feel like the chicks win. God, it's been so long since I've seen. I know. That. Now I can't remember. I'm done. And I should have remembered that because that's a movie right up my alley. Yeah, I feel like they win. It's a very Smokey and the Bandit esque movie. It's a hundred percent a Smokey ripoff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we get a little back and forth here. So. Uh, Brain, Harold Hellman, Harry Dean Stanton, all the names there, but he and Snake know each other. That's right. Find out that uh, Brain rolled over on Snake and Fresno Bob, and you know what they did to Fresno Bob? What? He's doing a, he's doing a I don't know. He's oh. got, he got caught. <laughs> uh, Kansas City. It happened in Kansas City. It did. Four years ago. It's true. Not a good place to run out on people. 1993. Kansas City. That's what was right. going on in Kansas City in 1993? The Chiefs were good. They, I mean, not they weren't like playoff. They they always lost in the playoffs, but yeah. they not Super Bowl good. But could, could be worse. Christian Okoye was running around. <laughs> you could you could be the Bears. It's true. Um, so yeah. Anyway, there's there's a little bit of back and forth here, and I uh, this whole scene, like I always laugh. Like Kurt's trying to talk tough to him. He's like. I'm gonna spray him all over the wall, baby. Like I can't. I don't take you seriously, Kurt. I'm sorry. Really? Oh, I think I like it. I can't do it, man. I love it. Doesn't it just doesn't play with me? It's, sorry. It's fantastic. This is the only time I've ever been like, I'm not 100% buying Kurt's performance. Actually, oh man, this is the really? only movie. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Oh, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. And it's one of his most iconic characters. But there's times that I'm like, his attempt at a Clint Eastwood just distracts me. But that would make sense, though. You're not as much of a Clint Eastwood guy as I am. so He's a way better Clint Eastwood than Clint Eastwood. <laughs> he didn't fight an orang or didn't fight an ape. So. That's right. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, so Snake convinces Brain to take him to the president because Snake tells him, like, hey, your big plan about Duke taking the president and walking down the uh, 69th Street Bridge, it's not going to work so well because they're not really going to need the president after exactly. that. Exactly, right. Because they they don't get this cassette. Yeah, from the president twenty four hours. Who knows what could happen? Seventeen the, probably at this or sixteen or whatever it was. The when world could yeah. be could end. So yeah, they all go outside and they're gonna head back and they're all gonna go back in Cappy's car and then that's the Duke's car. I hear the the Duke. Which speaking of sweet themes, oh my god, the Duke's theme is amazing. Love it. It like immediately goes into like a little like a disco oh, like yeah. oh man phenomenal. Anytime the Duke shows up and they play something like that, I'm all in. I love it. It's so great. And uh, Cabby just this is like we talked about. He just bails on him like he takes off. He's like, <laughs> all right, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. He really does. Um, and the other thing that I it's always kind of confused me with this scene. So like they have a huge caravan coming up to Brain's place because mm-hmm. Duke's coming apparently to get Brain's. 
map from the, the map. guy that made that's, it all the way across the bridge. That's right, with all the mines. Which, I'm going to just go ahead and say this right now, whoever sold him that map was feeding him a line of crap. No kidding. But they all come in, and then Snake knocks that one dude out in, from the car and then like just gets the other guy to come in, basically, and knocks him out, too. Mm-hmm. Everybody pulled up together... Like, someone should have seen that. And then when they take off, Brain's like, I think someone saw us. Go left over here. Like, okay, if they saw you, then they know, like, hey, keep an eye out. Cliff and Jared's car has got taken. Yeah, I feel like all that, like, long line of cars disappeared. And you're right. Like, if someone saw you, they probably saw you turn also. I think we can call this what it is, is this is a low low budget thing that they're just like, they only had a certain amount of camera angles. But this is sweet, like, escape though because then he's like all right go go down broadway and yeah what's what's wrong with broadway yeah that dude's head's on a stick there's crazy people out throwing stuff at cars absolutely how those people get all those cars stacked up though to block the road there's no way they have like heavy machinery i know but they probably the same way that the uh, pyramids were built aliens that's right you're right and i'm also saying that to upset somebody that holds up (laughs) it checks out it was aliens. It's aliens. Um, and this is, I, I don't know. I like this scene that, like, the, him driving away, like, all these people crowding around the car. And then the only thing I don't understand is he throws it in reverse to, like, bash through the car oh, barricade. Yeah, that was a, yeah. I mean, I guess that way you're not getting anything face first, but. <laughs> it would have been much safer, but a lot harder to pull off effect wise if he just would have, like, barreled down and hit all those people. Brain and Maggie are certainly in peril, but I don't think he cares about those two. No, definitely not. He just doesn't care about anybody but himself, which is fine. I understand that. It's a good character. Um, yeah, so then they get to the train tracks where the, the Duke is keeping the president. And Snake's like, all right, you know, keep him distracted, Harold. I'm going to go in and get the president. And sneaks his way through. And I can, <laughs> I love the way this guy talks to Brain, too. He's like, I think I need to go in and see the president. Like, uh, no, you don't. Yeah, that guy calls him on everything. I love it. <laughs> That's what the Duke wants. Is it, though? Like, yeah. he's just totally calling like him on the, his BS. It's the uh, Billy Madison bus driver conversation. No, no, they don't. No, you didn't. I know a guy. No, you don't. Good, great, grand, wonderful. <laughs> no yelling on the bus. And this is where we were talking about earlier. I, I hinted at it, but this is where he, uh, Jack Burton's that one guy, throws a knife right in yeah, the guy's forehead. Yeah, he does. Right in the forehead. That's Boom. right. <clears throat> and takes a crossbow to the leg like a champ, too. Dude. I, don't, I didn't like seeing that. That's a good effect. I like it. The, is. They do a pretty good job. And then the Duke's like wiggling on it. I was like, oh, oh yeah. God. They get the president. I mean, he's got the president. They're making the getaway. Yep. But unfortunately, everybody, sweet little like sound effect jump scare kind of thing whenever he's trying to Dude, run that away. that shriek? Yeah, I like it. It's kind of like Halloween. Right? That, that oh, reminded me of Halloween. Yes. That's a good call. <clears throat> And yeah, this like you said. So they've got him surrounded, and the Duke's trying to figure out who he is. And brain, <laughs> something's going down, Duke. We need him. <laughs> I don't. I, this movie's not super quotable for me. Like there's some quotes, but I remember there's been a couple of times I'm like, something's going down. We need him. Yeah, brain and, and cabby. I'm pretty sure you and my dad are the only two that have picked up on whenever I've said anything oh, yeah. from this movie. <laughs> there's some good. There's some good lines, <clears throat> dude. The Duke's got the tire iron. He does. That's like a great weapon. Takes very, him down. very underrated weapon. It reminds me of like uh, wrestling. Like yes, I feel like in like the late nineties, that was like a popular. There was popular right before the sledgehammer. Yeah. I feel like Art Anderson had it a lot. Art the enforcer, yeah, that's right. He would have done something like that. Yeah, that's for sure. Either that or a, a Glock. <laughs> that picture of him with a gun. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Duke. Um, 
Yeah, Duke's shooting at the president. Like, they've got the president tied up, and he's just shooting around him, but he's resting it on his foot. Oh, God. It's the most unstable. I mean, I get it. He's yeah. he's a bad, unstable guy, whatever, but... Uh, I also have to mention this. Um, so he's, he's shooting around the president, and eventually, like, Brain's trying to tell him, like, hey, Snake warned us that our plan may be for not because, the you know, there's some issues with the timing and blah, blah, blah. Right. So he shoots the briefcase, and that's where... Romeo, Romero, whatever, finds the... Uh, I want to call him Romeo, but it's Romero. Romeo. Um, <clears throat> they find that cassette tape. But for years, even up until like probably the last couple years when Snake's waking up on that table, yeah, I 100% I was like, oh, they like painted him with a question mark for some reason. I did not... Ever, that was a Cobra? Yeah. I did. I really? never pieced it together until I watched it like probably when we saw it in the at the normal theater. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's a Cobra. Like... It's a snake. Now I get it. I was going to ask you, like, now this is this the inspiration for your cobra stomach tattoo? Obviously. <laughs> That's or, the whole reason I did it. It does kind of look, now you say that, it does have like a little Riddler question mark look to it a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was just something that they were like, okay, this is a entrant that we're throwing into the arena here. So they mark him with something. So I was like, oh, it's, I don't know why they put a question mark in, in a suggested place because it goes clearly below his waistline. Like, I will say this is like one of the like, things that i don't like i think is uncool like the cover tattoo is fine but it's like weird that it's like on a stomach yeah it's, that doesn't seem like it's that it's an, it's an interesting place yeah i mean maybe in the future maybe in this this dystopian future that's all the rage but yeah i don't i don't know yeah i think it's, about it i think it's like chest or like back would have been cooler i'm not a big tattoo guy though in general i mean i'm not either but i feel like they're yeah i don't know they're just trying to tell us that He's a tough guy. This guy's tough, but I don't know. He means business. Yeah, he's got a cobra tattoo on his stomach. Watch out. And so this is the other thing. Like I, I remember the scene. Like then after that, like there's a few different things going on. But then like they cut to the army landing in that open field with everybody yeah. waving them down, picking up the briefcase. They're picking up the briefcase, but is it because the Secretary of State's like we got to go in there? Because Hawk's like trying to keep him out. Yeah, that's what I was. I actually had that question for you. Like, I think it's because yeah, Charlie Donovan. <laughs> Sorry, let's just call him who he is. He, I'm pretty sure he's the one that was like sending them in, like go in to investigate or see what's going on. But it's it, but they have so like the cassette's not in there. No, they just get the briefcase. But they're there's like, like a it's a fake out ransom note. Right. That's how they get. The, yeah, that's how they get the ransom note, right? But ransom. I just, I, I don't remember why they went in and the, like, and even watching it back today, I was like, okay, I got to pay attention. It's like, I still don't fully understand. Yeah, it is weird because they're going in and they get flagged down by the people and they think it's the, well, it is the case, but yeah. yeah I mean, that's, yeah, that's when they have to get the ransom note. So after that, then they, we cut back to Brain and Maggie and they're just kind of chit-chatting like, there's no way he did this, blah, blah, blah. But then Brain figured out that he landed on top of the the World Trade Center, so he's like he hatches a little scheme that he's going to try and get out of there so he can save himself and Maggie. Right. And then, like we said, that, that cuts back to Hauk, and Hauk opens up the briefcase, basically saying, "All am- amnesty for all the prisoners." The next day, they're they're going to be walking on the 69th Street Bridge, which we are we all know how that's going to pan out if we got to that point. Yes. So then we go back to. Um, Snake. He goes into the arena. He's going into that like whatever wrestling makeshift wrestling ring and mm-hmm. they have that big like you know come <laughs> gather around everybody here comes the big battle and that dude ox, ox uh, baker ox baker there we go 
He battled, I forgot, he's like Andre the Giant and several other big guys. He was a legit wrestler. Yeah, he was the real, he was an actual pro wrestler. Is this the first pro wrestler we've covered on on the pod? I mean, surely not, but maybe. I feel like. Have we done any rock movies? No. I mean, yeah, stuff, because we do 80s, 90s stuff, so yeah. We haven't talked about Turtles 2, which would have Kevin Nash. Yeah, it's, I feel like this is the, this might be the first actual wrestler. Yeah, I think so. And he's not like a well-known from, you know, no. our days of no glory. but No Hulkamania. Yeah. Ox Baker, there's like a story of him, like, this was back when like people thought it was real. Where he like, oh man. He had like this, uh, the kind of like one of those claw type moves. Or no, it was a punt. It was the heart punch. Oh. I think he had the heart punch. But like okay. a guy like actually died in the ring, I think. And like he like just... You know, live the storyline. I was like, yeah, it's because I heart punched him. Like <laughs> back in the day, man, you had to sell it. So people were like out to get him, man. Like they're like, you murderer! Look at this story, the revolting blob. Yeah. Apparently, he sat on some guy's head and killed him. <laughs> it was supposed to be a gimmick. <laughs> did you? Did you get any Ming vibes off of Ox Baker? I did. Yeah. Yeah, the eyebrows, the eyebrows, the, the, the the facial hair yeah. a little bit. I was like, man, I'm gonna let. That's why I'm let my beard go a little bit. I'm gonna see if I can't get that kind of. I'm bored. <laughs> Great battle with these two, you know, just back and forth, going at it with bass with and everything else. Bats. Absolutely. <laughs> and in between that, the Real battle that's going knocker. on there, uh, Brain and Maggie are going in. They're going in to try and rescue, air quote, the president. And uh, I mean, again, not very good bad guy. Romero and like two or three other guys are in there, and they just let Brain walk in. Yeah, Romero, like, uh, he's, he, they needed the guy that shut down Brain at the, at, at the train yes. scene. They need that guy. Yeah. Because Romero doesn't believe him, but he lets him in, and he's checking the president for the capsule, and then gets knifed, and he makes the, <sighs> And also, like a total throwaway line, but you should pay attention to it, like, hey, where'd you get that hat? Traded cabbie for it. Yes, that's right. Very subtle. Yep. But it does come into play later. Mm-hmm. And while all that's going on, the battle in the arena is going on, and Kurt finally gets the upper hand and buries that bat with the nails right yeah. in the back of his head. Right. But then when he falls, Kurt's got the bat back in his It's, I don't know. It's like no big deal. Cut weird, but I also it's possible he could have pulled it out. The other part, too, is, I mean, these people were are very fickle because they're totally against him, and then as soon as he kills that guy... Dude, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is like might be my favorite part of the movie. Whenever they start chanting his the name. People are just chanting Snake. Dude, I get so pumped up. That's okay. Snake, Snake, Snake. It's not as epic as nailing a full court or three-quarter court <laughs> shot. <laughs> that is horrendous. But during the escape with uh, Maggie and Brain and, and the president, that one dude sees them and goes and tells Duke what's going on. So then the Duke takes off. And then he... This guy's a very animated announcement of what's going on. Yes. Everybody! I have to say something. <laughs> just very much. I was like, God, this guy's really over the top. He's really theatrical about this. The president's gone. Brain took him. That's right. So, yeah, they, they take off and they go. And then Snake, um, in the meantime, that one, like, Bell guy had his tracer, whatever, that he was sent in with. Mm-hmm. And he activates that. So then how can the crew find out that he's still alive? Right. Let's give him a little more time. Just give him a little more time. I know that son of a bitch is still alive. Um, 
So then Snake takes off and goes to the World Trade Center because he's, I, I don't know if he's like, all right, screw this, I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to try and make a break for it or whatever, but finds out a very unpleasant scene when those guys are, they call them Indians. They call, but, yeah, I was going to say, they call them Indians. They keep, and he says something like savages or something like that, too. Like, brain just and like. They've, yeah, they've broken, or they've. They break that tension line or whatever that was holding the plane up. Right. And off it goes. It's so bizarre. They have to make a break. They have to go back down through the building and brain again, weasels his way in, gets to continue to stay alive and, and stay with him. Like, you don't exactly know where to go or go through this. And he needs that. And, and Snake also figures out that the president doesn't have the tape. And he's like, I know exactly where the tape is. I'll take you right to it. So brain is a very good weasel. Yeah. He manages good, to stay alive. He's a good survivor. He is. And the other thing, too, like, I've watched this I don't know how many times. So they they come downstairs, Duke, and, or, and they go to start the car, and the Duke's there. And like, they've got everybody surrounded. What the hell is that steam thing that he's got next to him that Snake shoots and that, like, distracts? Or, yeah, Snake shoots yeah. and distracts the Duke, and they all take off. I'm like, I have no idea. what is this thing? Like, no. why is it there? It's a steam engine. I guess. <laughs> this ought to do it. <laughs> From the Prairie Land Steam Show. So that yeah, I mean, he shoots that and then distracts literally everybody else that has them surrounded, and they allow him to get away. <laughs> and then Cabby comes in to save the day. Good old Cabby. He's, he pulls up to him, saves the day. He's got the tape, and Snake confirms that that's the right right tape. And this is where, like I said, he brain actually said Romero. I was, I was like, God, I just did not remember him saying that guy's name. Mm-hmm. I never did thought. So then they take off towards the 69th Street Bridge. And Snake's just uh, hauling, you know, hauling ass trying to get across that bridge. And Brain's like, go left, go this, or whatever. But there's a couple times he's like, go this way. And it clearly, my, a mine will go off. Yeah. I just. Is he like, is Snake just, or is uh, Brain just wrong about this? Or is like Snake going too fast? I think he's just wrong. Yeah, that's what the that's the vibe I get too. Because that's what, like when he blows up because he's yelling at everybody. Like yeah, there at the end he definitely was wrong. He also could. So the first bomb that goes off, we should mention that Cabby dies. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I know. I don't like that. I never have, never will. It's too bad. So then they're like, all right, we got to keep moving, and then everybody, so Snake, Maggie, and the president all go right on this car, and Brain's like, go, go left. And they make it through, and then he just blows up and dies. Like, maybe you could have, like, taken a second to be like, well, wait a minute. Like, they're making it through, okay? Would have just, you know. Yeah, the people in front of you are don't get blown up. Yeah. You trace every footstep. That For a smart guy, sometimes he's not so smart. Right. And he goes out. And I will say, Snake seems at least a little bit upset about the fact that Brain dead. Peace. Or Brain dead. Brain died, sorry. Brain dead. <laughs> He does mention that they were friends, so, you know. Yeah. They go back a little bit. But my, I think my biggest issue with this movie is this very next part. Maggie is upset that Brain is dead. Mm-hmm. They had a tenuous relationship anyway, mm-hmm. clearly. So she is going to stay, and Snake's like, come on, let's go. And the president just takes off, so... He's just going to navigate yeah, this bridge like totally fine. He's, he's seen what happens. Up. Yeah. So Maggie's like, give me basically is like, give me your gun, and she stands there and shoots at the Duke's car from like three football fields away, yeah. and she just keeps firing until Duke runs her over. Terrible decision. 
She, I mean, I understand you're like she's distraught or whatever, but it's just so irritating. I'm like, this is not a good character decision for somebody that made a lot of good character decisions yeah. throughout the entire movie. It's too bad. Always bothered me. Yeah, I agree. That's it's kind of disappointing death. Maybe John Carpenter was he was feeling a little bit before the <laughs> the writing was on the wall. He was like, uh, yeah. let's just kill her off this way. Yeah, he's like, well, the original script had Maggie surviving. No, yeah. I think she should die by getting hit by a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But not like heroically, like stupidly. Yeah, right. Making just just being really dumb about it. You think she got cut in half? Just being a real bee about it. <laughs> real stick on the mud. So yeah, the and the president, like I said, the whole time he's just hightailing out there, and then Snake kind of falls along. So they get to the wall, and all during this, someone spotted them. So they get you know a, a harness and everything ready to to pull them up, and. They get the president up, they get him out, and then they pull, or they drop it down to get Snake out, which, I gotta be honest with you, if I'm Hauk, I'm like, alright, we got the president. I mean, maybe he knew he didn't have the tape, but I'm like, we're good. Especially because in, in the very beginning, Snake says, I'm gonna kill you. If I get out, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna murder you, to, yeah. to Hauk. If I'm Hauk, I'm leaving that dude. Yeah, 100%. And, like, yeah. Good luck. Right. That's uh, Godspeed, buddy. No doubt. So... Yeah, it starts starts coming down, and then Snake sees that uh, the Duke's coming. So then they uh, they get into a little bit of a scuffle because the Duke's like, "Well, maybe I'm gonna make a break for it." But they start fighting. Yeah. And then <clears throat> Snake goes and grabs the harness, and he starts going up. And then we see a hand. You don't know who it is at mm-hmm. first. Shuts that thing down. And then we see the president just gunning down the Duke. So like, at this- you're the Duke. At this point, no matter how rude or just obnoxious the president has been, I feel like he earns he earns his keep right here. I mean, he 100%. clearly saves Snake, and I mean, save I, Snake. I just yeah, I don't get why Snake's like then all of a sudden and like I know he hears overhears the president saying some you know like some conceited or you know like things, but I mean like the dude literally just saved your life. Yeah, I I'm like you know what I give him a pass. Yeah. So yeah, and so yeah, he the, the president gets the harness going back in. They get up over the wall, and again, I mentioned this earlier. When the guy neutralizes the capsules after Snake hands him the ta- hands Hawk the tape, there's three seconds on the clock. Mm. And it's got to be done 15 minutes prior, according to the doctor. It needs to be done 15 minutes prior. So then my question became. Interesting. Was there anything in there in general? Yeah, it's like Escape from L.A. Or, as soon as the movie ends, the snake just fall down and die. I mean, obviously not. There was a sequel, but that would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah that would have right. been great. Like, as he's walking away, just wow. Like, you think he's being a jerk, tearing up the tape, and then... And end. <laughs> would have been a great ending, actually. Oh, man. Hog's like, I got you. And then this is where... Yeah, this is where we were talking about, so... The president's getting ready, like they're he, they're working on him to get him ready for this broadcast, and he's Snake starts coming over, and they're like, whoa, 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 and he's like, no, it's okay, and you know what, whatever you need, and he's like, I just need a minute of your time. He's like, you know, there's a lot of people that died to get you out of here. I just want to know what you thought about that, and he's like, you know, I want to thank them, but he's also checking himself in the mirror, just giving the impression that he didn't really care. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I'm getting ready to go live with this broadcast. You know, is there anything else? And Snake just walks away. I guess if I'm the president and I could potentially save billions of people's lives, yeah. like, yes, I'm appreciative, but I have bigger fish to fry, my friend. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could go either way. I, I could take either side. But I, absolutely, and I think that's the that's kind of the cool thing about this movie is other like I, there's really like nobody that you're like you're 100 percent a scumbag except for the duke probably and like his crew but i don't know it seemed like the duke was actually a pretty good leader like he was gonna he was like, a good leader he was gonna free all those people like it's true he was like he, you yeah know, i didn't even some, think about it. you're right i mean he was a bad guy and uh but man he like those people like loved him yeah they did they were gonna follow him that's good that's a good point i didn't even think about that um, so yeah, then the president Pleasance starts giving his uh, speech over the TV, and then he throws the tape in. Cabby's music. It's Bandstand Boogie. In case oh you were curious. boy! It's on Spotify. Oh, interesting. It's a good song. And as uh, as we're getting ready to go into the end, I guess I, I jumped a little bit because Snake's walking away, and Hawk sees him. He's like, "Got another job for you, Snake. You're gonna you're gonna kill me now." I'm too tired. That's right. So Hauk tries to recruit him for another job. So unfortunately, that we never get that resolved. Whether or not they actually this is this this is too where he's like called him Snake throughout the film, and he, Snake keeps correcting him and t- telling him true. to call him Pluskin, and then he calls him Pluskin. And he's like, "Call me Snake." Call me Snake. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like you're just being a jerk. Yeah. At that point, you're just like, you know what? Yes. Even though you call me the right name. I'm gonna switch it on you. Snake's a dick. Like, let's just be honest. Call me Snake. But then, yes, as the as the president plays the tape, then right before the end credits, we see Snake pull the other cassette out and mm-hmm. pull the start. Yeah, pulling the. Ooh, I didn't like that. Pull the reel out. Just, I didn't like that at all. Just from back in the day, like tapes. You know, when I tapes know. break and the, all that stuff got like mixed up together, and it's the worst. Oh God, I hate it. That really hurt my feelings to see that. And then. We get a, a, a repeat of the great theme over the end credits. And probably the most bland, simple end credits scroll I've ever seen. Yeah, they ran out of money. I love it. No doubt about it. That's Escape from New York. Escape from New York. What'd you think? First impressions, or like before we rank them. I mean, I this this movie, more than other Kurt and John Carpenter movies, there's certainly things that I'm like, I... I see a couple of you know holes here and there, but I tell you what, it doesn't matter because it's just I something about a John Carpenter movie just warms my heart, even bad John Carpenter movies. Yeah, and this is not one of those. Right. Like I just I have a good time watching this. A lot of interesting stuff goes on. It's definitely a situation where you watch it and you're like, you know, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, and there really isn't one or the other, like like we talked about. So. I should enjoy it, man. That's it's fun watch, and I was in the mood to watch it too, so that helped. I'm right there with you. Like this is, uh, I didn't, you know, see it a long time ago. I'm pretty like new to it, but man, I just fell in love with it. You know, I feel like a lot of people call Carpenter like the like master of schlock. You know, they always like you know kind of, but he does it like intentionally. Like this, like he does this stuff on purpose, and I just freaking love him for it. I finally got around. I haven't gotten through it yet, but that book you let me borrow. Oh, yeah. I finally started it. When I say started, I started it a while ago. Like, I'm getting into it a little bit more now. But there's one point, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, they were, his buddies talking about in the intro, like, he he took his cues from people like Howard Hawks and people that... Oh, yeah. And did movies that were, quote-unquote, simple movies. Yeah. But if you do simple right... It doesn't have to have a bunch of bells and whistles and exactly. all this stuff. Like I'm 100 percent the same. Like yeah, 
and he like he definitely knows that he knows he can make a simple movie but he goes out and he gets like good you know people to like dean cundy you know does yeah. the i mean he, he's like smart he has like good practical effects like he's just like he like people you know call him like lazy at times but i'm like no it's just like it's like the old like you know work work uh smarter not harder type Absolutely, thing like he, yeah like he knew his films, like what he liked making, and like man, I just freaking love him. I yeah, I know, I totally agree. It's you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, exactly. You know, pretty much all of his movies are gonna have some kind of a cliffhanger ending, mm-hmm. and there's always that like a little bit of like dread, but optimism too at the yeah. same time. Like I don't know, it's just this one mixes so many genres too. You said it kind yeah. of at the top, like I mean, it's got like it almost has like a western feel, and it's got like yeah horror it feels like a caper at times you know like an escape movie like it's yep. like man just like he plays with so many different genres in this film I, I love it i've seen i can't remember if it was him or kurt they were talking about this movie that they're like why do you think it was because it was successful especially for like the budget that it had like it was a successful and obviously yeah. pretty well received movie but it wasn't like this international sensation either like it was whatever and they said i think part of the thing is they looked at it and they're like this is going to be a big budget like or this is going to be like a big action flick Mm -hmm. and it's it's not that and i think that's what Mm -hmm. i kind of had a hard time with the first time i watched i was like oh this is gonna be like an action adventure kind of movie but they're like it's it's an escape movie like snake is very much an escape artist and yeah like that makes 100 percent sense watching it back now right yeah i know i I totally agree with that. I would I would say too, like this is nineteen eighty one. Like, I feel like at this time people have really only know Kurt for his Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just and then like him taking a role like this is just so crazy. Yeah. But yeah, awesome. I he's he's the most versatile actor, I think. I mean, people always are like, Oh, he's not I mean he's just you know, he's not doing anything in this movie, but I was like, I don't know. I feel like he it, like he's definitely making choices, like he he's is. doing the Eastwood impression. He's got great timing, great like physical looks, like his reactions to things without even speaking. Like I just, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't think Kurt gets enough credit for this role. Kurt doesn't get enough credit. Period. That's true. He but is. yes, for this role, I agree. Yeah, he's he does a lot of he does a lot of speaking with his reactions. He does. So, what questions you got for me? Um. So before we do MVP, I have a question that you might have something similar to. Okay. It sounds like. I don't have a theme question for you right now. Okay, good. Okay, so we've... Is this our first John Carpenter movie? No, we did Halloween. No, we did Big Trouble. And, and Big Halloween. Trouble. Oh, yeah, well, Dumb. Don't forget the big one. Okay, the so tentpole. Carpenter's got some great themes. So he, he does. He did his, you know, a lot of his own movies he does a score for. He even has some, like, put out some CDs that are... There's some, like, albums that have some really good tracks on there that absolutely you, like you listen to them you're like oh man this could have been a great movie theme but yeah anyway vortex by the way that's a really you should check that one out Vort- okay it's on the lost lost themes okay album one of those but anyway so we got like halloween you got this one escape from new york you got uh let's see here like the fog you know like uh big trouble obviously um he did not do the thing that was uh morricone yeah yep but I mean, he's got pretty like salt on Precinct Thirteen is very iconic. Like even the Christine theme is kind of cool. Like Prince got, of Darkness. Prince too. of Darkness has yeah, that's right. He's like, man, yeah, he's got a ton of good themes. Like, what is your favorite Big John Carpenter theme? 
I can't. Yep, that one. Yep, absolutely. Now, a close second is Escape from New York. Like, this is as close as it gets to me because I just, I'm going to be honest with you, pretty much since I was in, I'm just going to be, I'll be conservative and say middle school, but it was probably earlier than that. Like, my life has been shaped around Big Trouble in Little China. (laughs) So everything that has to do with that movie is always going to be my favorite. But looking at it, like Escape from New York is probably number two. Um, I'm like you, like every time I hear it, like, man, this is just gets me going. And I'm not, I wasn't even that big of a Halloween fan, but even like the Halloween theme, like you hear it and you just immediately, it's, it's iconic. And he, John Carpenter, like for all the things that like we talked about, like, okay, yeah, he's, he does schlock or whatever. Like he does, films very well he's an excellent director in my opinion Mm -hmm. but he also is a phenomenal like musical mind i don't know if artist is the right word but he's like like kurt is underrated with acting i feel like john carpenter movies and and music are incredibly underrated too overall he's like the acdc of of like synth yeah he just finds something super easy and like does it over and over and it sounds awesome it does he's got like a good he's got good taste in that sense he even did like the, um, I know the Halloween, the newer one. I don't know if he did this Halloween Kills music, but he did music for the. Oh, interesting. Like the second newest Halloween, didn't he? Because I think you played that for me. The. Oh yeah. Not this most recent, yeah, but the, the one, one before, before that. It was, the, it was just Halloween. The right? first requel or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He did do that. Yeah. That's awesome. I so I would say Big Trouble. Then Escape from New York, and then man, I'd have a tough time between the Prince of Darkness one. Is like nobody knows about that movie, and you you were the one that introduced me. And I was like, man, I just there's something about that movie. It just it's sticks like, with you. Yeah, it's a fantastic film, <clears throat> super underrated. So I'd go my top three. I put Big Trouble at three. Mm-hmm. I'd go this movie at two, and I freaking love both of those themes. But my all-time favorite Carpenter theme is the Assault on Precinct 13. It's a good one, too. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It's, man, it's amazing. Like, it it's... Man, I love it. And, like, the fog is super good. It, it sounds very similar to Halloween, but it's, like, unique. That's the tough part. Like, most of the time, I'm like, this is my favorite. And I start thinking about, like, damn, but that one's pretty good, too. I like, know. He's got... like. <laughs> it's the same with his movies. Even, like, Christine. I like that Christine <clears throat> theme. Like, it's, like, not very well-known either. But I'm like, man... Gosh, they should. People should have hired John Carpenter to do their like themes for 100%. their movies. Like, it's awesome. I got a question for you too before we do. Yeah. The our usual ones. What you got? So we we mentioned it now. Uh, the Escape from L.A. <laughs> it is what it is. Like right. it's, it's there. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I've actually seen something where he said he likes that better than Escape from New York. I know that this is his favorite character he's ever played. I, th- I think John Carpenter said he likes. He said Escape from L.A. is better than Escape from New York. John Carpenter said I that. I feel like at one point in time oh, he boy. said, that, "Yeah, oh, I know." After we just <laughs> defended him, but what I want you to do for me right now, I want you to pitch me a good Escape from New York sequel. Okay. Right now. All right. Here we go. So Snake gets on a train. No. Snake gets Snake's in a, in prison again. He's flown a space shuttle to Mars. And then he gets on a train with some other special forces people and they go looking for uh 
something, and they f- or yeah, the, they're going Quaid. <laughs> they're going to look for a, a colony, and when they get there, it's been overrun by vampires, and the vampires chase these people, and they get back on the train and go back to the city they were in. <laughs> and oh, and oh yeah, Ice Cube is right, and Jason is, Statham, <laughs> yeah, is state is uh, Snake Plus nailed it. I don't know. That's a tough uh, man. Yes, I was just doing the Ghost That's of okay. Mars. Yeah. Uh, I can, t- which I, can I actually t- kind of like. I can tell you mine. Like mine was a no-brainer after watching it today. Well, let me actually think about this. Okay, so Escape from New York. Okay, so we can't. We've done Escape from LA. Is it like just another city? So you can do that. You can do. But is yours? Is yours just another Escape from a city? No. Okay, because I know they like. There's the. So I've kind of been like, I've read Escape from Florida. Like there's the comics. And there's one, like, Escape from, like, it's either Russia or Siberia. I forgot what it is. So, like, those are in my mind. And, like, they talk about Leningrad. I almost could, like, the prequel would be cool. Mm-hmm. I've seen him, like, in action in the you army. Do, you could do a prequel, too. That's absolutely I want to go that route. I want to see I want to see uh, him in the service, like, just killing all these people. I think that would be kind of cool. I, I, yeah, I feel like that would be interesting. And maybe, I mean, I, do, I, I tell you one thing, though, that I don't ever want to know or ever want to see how the eye patch came to be yeah that needs to remain a mystery he took out his eye yeah it was probably a it was a flurkin a, fl- a cat took his eye out could be yeah uh so mine like i was watching it today him and hauk having to work together for some reason or another whether it's like <clears throat> this whole thing like okay yeah you got the president out but you destroyed the tape so now we're gonna send you somewhere else mm-hmm. unless you do something else for me and like you could probably get a couple movies out of that, like one movie where he has to work with Hauk, and then finally the third one where he finally gets his hands on Hauk and kills him or whatever, like he Whoa, said he was going yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. So I, Hauk, to, yeah, Hauk could like burn him. Like, to, yeah, bad. to me, either that or like Hauk thinks he's doing like the greater good thing, and then he ends up coming around mm, to like little, working with Snake. That sounds like a little like good, bad, and the ugly type. Yes. Stuff. So to me, I feel like that would have been the smarter route to go, other than basically a remake with more money but about, less quality. Of, what about Escape from Chicago? I mean, you could go to Chicago now and just do that yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, boom, I feel like yeah, burn be, Chicago. That's right. I mean, I feel like you could do. Oh yeah, you could do Escape. What would be fun though is to, like start making it like the Escape from Boise. <laughs> escape from Little Rock. That's right. Escape from Peoria. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I, to- I told you about my idea about like with all the escape rooms. I said you should do movie themed escapes. Oh, that'd be cool. And you could have an escape from New York themed. That'd be awesome. I think actually. that's a money making idea. Yeah, that'd be great. So as soon as one of those turns up, I expect some royalties. And then someone has to dress up like Romero. Who, Obviously. Like the <laughs> you know like people like can give clues and stuff like you know like your game room person. Yeah. You have to dress up like Romero. Obviously. That's right. Um, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> All right, who's your MVP of the film? You cannot pick. Cannot pick Kurt, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I was, I was not going to do it, even though. I'm just going to say this: the MVP of the film is Kurt Russell. Yes, like we know this. It's Everybody obvious. Yeah. But for me, number two, Cabby. Cabby. I love Cabby. Shouldn't be here, Duke. It was between um, it was between Snake. Cabby and one other person. I'll let you say first, but it was between Cabby and one other person. And I thought we were on the same one this time. I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised because Cabby's awesome. Also. I love Cabby. Yeah, 
Teddy and I great. also have a soft spot because I love basketball too. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine's such an energy. Ted Denslow, the Can't billionaire. Do. Yes. <laughs> your Zima hula hoops and your Dan Fogelberg. Dan Fogel, you kids and your Dan Fogelberg <laughs> music. Okay, I'm gonna go. Bob Houck. Bob Houck. Yep. I love Lee Van Cleef in this movie. I'm not a huge like Lee Van Cleef fan. Like for instance, I don't know his westerns very well, but mm-hmm. man, he's great as Houck in this film. Like he he's is. a good. He's a good like adversary, even though he's technically on the same side as as uh, Pluskin. But like like you said, like those early scenes where they're kind of you know going you know kind of having their little argument and discussions, like oh man, like they're they might be the best of the movie, and it's yes. just it's just them talking. But then just I don't know, I just love his reactions and the way he talks to Snake throughout the film, and I just yeah, I I just think he's he does a great job. He was he was my backup, he was my alternate for for Cavi too, but I just. Yeah. Yeah, Hulk is Hulk's amazing. Hulk's great. I love his hair too. He's got I, an earring that's a little distracting. I feel like in, yeah, cause I feel like in the westerns he's just got the bald like skullet going, you mm-hmm. know, like but man, like this time he's got like it's flowing, man. That's right. It's like, letting it grow. Got a little curl it's to letting it. Letting it down a little bit. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so how about uh the scene question? If if nobody had seen this before and you were going to show them what Escape from New York was all about. This is really tough cuz there's a lot of different things that happen through the film and like gosh to show what the film is all about there's a couple of ways to you kind of you could like take it like more humorous or you could take it more i i think i would say the crazies chasing him mm-hmm. like when they break into the chock full of nuts and then chasing like one. that one's like that's probably the most intense part of the movie yeah and like when i first saw that i was like damn that's that's very well done yeah i'd probably choose that one for me, I would choose the the last scene actually, when after they get out and the president's giving his presentation. Hmm. For me, because that I feel like that sums up what this movie is like. The president's supposed to be quote unquote saving millions of people. Right. Snake is the, I guess, good guy for the way that the movie's framed, and yet he's not necessarily a good guy. He's, yeah, he's definitely not a good guy. Hulk is a quote unquote bad guy, but he's not even necessarily a bad guy because he honored his word and yep. so I, to me I feel like that would be as much as like here's what this movie's about as any other like you said the the scene with the crazies too is like super intense I feel like that's a really good one too there's a there's a lot of options you could take with this one agreed okay so you ready to do some Richter scale rankings I am ready are we there I didn't skip anything else no sir okay so as usual uh, a perfect score on the Richter scale ranking would be a 6.9. Um, yeah, so 0 to 6.9. I would just like to remind the folks at home that Stand By Me currently has the <laughs> lowest score at 2.5 for cash. You're welcome. My lowest one is 2.8 for Wild Wild West. Uh, I have three with perfect scores. Big Trouble, Major League, and Beverly Hills Cop. And you have big trouble as your sole owner of the 6.9 on the Richter scale. top. That's right. So we have four total 6.9s between the two of us. Correct. But two are for the same movie. That's true. Big trouble is unanimous. Obviously. What is that? It's a 6.9 on the Richter <laughs> scale. All right. So you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? I'm uh, locked in. I'm locked in. Too. You know, I'll go first this time, I think. Let's hear it. So I haven't done this in a while. So I've had, I've had some fours lately i think and maybe mm-hmm. even some threes i've been i've been going low so yeah, this we've, one we've had a lot of lower we finally broke the five barrier again for me i'm at 5.1 5.1 5. 
5.1. Okay, so that's going to put it at 17, it looks like. Right in between the Great Outdoors and the Mummy. That's right. Okay, that's what I got, too. I love that you're putting it below Great Outdoors, by the way. At Great Outdoors, I could watch more easily and more frequently. You know what's shocking to me, though, is that this is below Predator. And I did not... I was not a big Predator guy before this show started. I like it. And it's below Adventures in Babysitting, too. Also shocking to me. Wow. <laughs> what did you say? 5.1? 5.1. That is weird. Let me look at what you got here. Adventures in Babysitting. Okay, number 17. It's, it's below Great Outdoors, Predator, Ninja Turtles, Adventures in Babysitting, Demolition Man, Tango and Cash, Major. Okay, the rest of these make sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Good for you. Oh, good for you. <laughs> oh, good for you. I went with my heart, man. That's interesting. Okay. Wear my emotions on my sleeve. Okay, I'm going to put Feel the Dreams. Um, wow, feel, I was looking at Feel the you Dreams gonna, on you my gonna, sheet. You're going to update Feel the Dreams? Fair enough. I was looking at Feel the Dreams on my sheet. Let me get my cursor on the right thing. I'm going to put Escape from New York. I think I'm going to put it in the... Uh, oh, shoot. I lost my spot. That's why I messed up. Okay. I am putting it in the 16 spot, just below the Great Outdoors. Great call. And right above Demolition Man. Great call. Yeah, I messed it up. I had the wrong thing. The field highlighted, but that's all right. But yeah, so I got it at 16, and you got it at 17. What uh, what number did you give it? Oh, sorry. That's all right. Uh, a 5.6. So I actually had it tying Great Outdoors, but I'm gonna put it below it. Fair enough. In the order. shortly but yeah there you go so pretty pretty solid reviews for escape from new york great movie mm -hmm. i agree uh what would you like to do next week so next week we're gonna break our rules guys we said we would stick 80s and 90s <laughs> but it's february so <laughs> love is in the air love is in the air and we're gonna talk about some romantic comedies that's right and what better way to start off with <laughs> Than the best romantic <laughs> the comedy. The greatest romantic comedy of, of all, all time. time. So you know how I will feel about this movie, but I am interested to get your take on it when we watch Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama, starring Reese Without Her Spoon. Reese Without Her Spoon, that's correct. I stole that joke from you. I'll tell you what, though. I, I can tell you one thing that I I'm, it's going to be a sticking point with me no matter what. The legitimate version of Sweet Home Alabama is nowhere to be found in that movie, and that bothers me. The song? Yeah, there's like some weird version they of it. Play it they play it at the ba at like a at that bar. Yeah, at the bar. But it's not Skinnered. They play it at the there's like a part they play it several times, just not Skinnered. How <laughs> huh, interesting. That's the problem. They and, couldn't they couldn't afford it. And we haven't talked about this, but our family and me and my father and my brother in particular huge Leonard Skinnered fans. I like Leonard Skinnered. Big Leonard Skinnered fans. I walked out so uh I came out to Sweet Home Alabama a little bit. I don't know if it was my senior year, junior year, or senior year, maybe sophomore year even. I can't remember. I, I walked out to Little Sweet Home Alabama. That's all right. I'm Tone it up. I'm even more like I'm not just like Freebird Sweet Home Alabama. Like I'm, I've I to the point where we went to a concert. And now, granted, a little bit of backstory: the most of the original members have either died or they had that plane crash. But they're like his little brother is like the lead singer that followed up, and we went to a concert here in town. 
It's been... Wait, um, they were in town? In yeah, Bl- they were in Bloomington. Wow. Like 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Wow, interesting. And this guy leaned over to me, and he's like, hey, what's this song? And he was somebody that was like my father's age. He didn't know like, Sweet Alabama? No, it was a, deep, oh, okay, it was a different... different I mean, it was okay. a deeper cut, but still, I'm like, I'm educating this guy on what songs they're playing. I was going to say, did you immediately murder that guy? I didn't, but he also, <laughs> like... He looked like he was part of the village people. Like, he had leather vest and, like, leather chaps and... Okay. Get a pocket knife. So hey, good for him for like branching out. A but he bit. asked, and I was like, hey, that's all right. Yeah. No judgment here. Like oh, I don't care about yeah, that. Just that's right. know your Skinner if you're going to go to a Skinner concert. That's my judgment. You know what? I'm I'm actually cool with it. I like that he was branching out and learning new things. I don't I don't have a problem. With, oh, he was a fan. Like he clearly he was jamming to it, man. But anyway. Hey, the more the merrier. Next, well, not next week. I'm sorry, because cards on the table. Somebody has bigger things to do than this podcast. I'm taking some time off. Somebody, <laughs> we didn't get enough time off in November. And I'm December. putting in. I'm putting in some PTO. Put a little PTO. That's fair. But don't worry, because we'll have. I don't feel like we'll miss. Like I, we have a special bonus episode we, we filmed. Do. We have another bonus episodes we're going to do. So I mean, I don't think you'll be you'll be missing any like no. con- content from us. We'll get you some stuff out here. We got That's some. Right. We got some stuff in the hopper. Plus, don't forget, the, the Olympics are around the corner. And if you listen to the Flash Gordon episode, you know what that means. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if you listen to the Flash Gordon and judging by the numbers, you haven't. <laughs> hey, I did hear my Dr. Hightower did some research for us, did some sleuthing. Mm-hmm. Her friend Dale was not named after Dale from Flash Gordon. That's unfortunate. Apparently, her aunt was also named Dale. Was so. her aunt named after because the cereals we, were? <laughs> we didn't go that far, but I'm assuming not. That's fair. You you, you dug around enough. We appreciate you looking in. Apparently, it. Dale was also a female name. But uh, most importantly, your sister did listen to it. Well, I, I was like, hey, can you can Damn. you find this out? And then she listened to it. Damn. So, but yeah, she's she's fired as my sister. You're dead to me. All right. Till uh, till next time. Yeah. Adios, guys. See you. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. President of what? Well. Bye.